0: Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are based on the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This is from a series entitled Political Speeches. Podcast 101B is entitled, Remarks by President Biden on the Tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, An Analysis. President Biden has once again shown that those burning with a cause become completely insensitive to genuine feelings. Language can lie about everything but the truth. Mr. Biden's tirade on the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas is not a compassionate speech. It is a buffalo stampede on the true feelings of the wounded. The speech is mercifully only 845 words long. There's only one sentence, which is 11 words long, that shows a hint of genuine compassion for the families. It is this. May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. His speech would have been wonderful if he had said those 11 words and then sat down in reverent silence. The rest of the speech is insensitive, even hurtful, and here are three reasons why. Number one, he takes the Lord's name in vain seven times using the phrase in God's name in a vulgar way four times and the phrase for God's sake in a vulgar way three times. The Lord's name should not be an expletive. Then, after crudely addressing God, he calls on that same divinity in prayer. May God bless the lost. May the Lord be near the broken-hearted, and God love you. Does he, the President of the United States of America, whose party wants to remove in God we trust from all government-related things, not know the difference between taking the Lord's name in vain and calling upon God for divine help? Number two. His insensitivity to those who experienced the tragedy, the children, the school teachers, and others connected, and especially to close family, friends, and community, is disgraceful. Out of the 845 words, he used 200 words to pour salt into the wounds. The language is deplorable given the context that the primary audience is those who are devastated with grief and did not need to be told how they should feel. Not one of those 200 words were necessary and everyone was hurtful. I quote directly from the speech. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school. Beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders, and how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened see their friends die as if they're on a battlefield, for God's sake. They'll live with it for the rest of their lives. Notice that his audience is not the people of Uvalde, Texas. He speaks in third person. Quote, They'll live with it the rest of their lives, unquote. Mr. Biden is speaking to those who will help him push through his gun control agenda. The tragedy is a hook to hang his agenda on. He continues, There are parents who will never see their child again, never have them jump in bed and cuddle with them, parents who will never be the same. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. There's a hollowness in your chest, and you feel like you're being sucked into it and never going to be able to get out. It's suffocating, and it's never quite the same. Unquote. Mr. Biden is drumming up sympathy for his cause. He certainly isn't speaking words of comfort to the true victims, he adds. And it's the feeding shared by the siblings and the grandparents and their family members and the community that's left behind. Unquote. The kind thing to do would be to be silent. And if they choose, let them speak for themselves. He does not know them, has not met them, and he is using their tragedy for political gain. He references scripture and the Lord whom he has just previously expressed reverence for. Quote, scripture says, "Jill and I have talked about this in different contexts. In other contexts, the Lord is near to the broken-hearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So many crushed spirits. So tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them." to give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit, because they are going to need a lot of help and a lot of our prayers. Not only are those words unnecessary and insensitive, but they are also disingenuous, because the political intent behind those words belies their pretended intent. He is not even considering the tender feelings of the families. He is talking to the liberal Democrats who want gun control. He is not trying to comfort the victims. He is trying to inflame the nation to carry out his gun control agenda. In every incident of gun violence, the left uses it as a fire to inflame America against guns. He is considering his own agenda, not the anguish of the victims. President Biden is the center of attention, not the tragedy of all detectives. He wants gun control. He wants to do away with the Second Amendment and change the Constitution. The liberal Democrats have a motto, never let a good crisis go to waste. The tragedy in Uvalde illustrates the point. The victims become pawns in the liberal machine to carry out their agenda. Every tragedy involving guns is treated in the same way. The problem with describing tragedy is that the closer you get with false words, the more elusive it becomes. It is like Tantalus who when he reached for the fruit, it moved away. And though standing up to his neck in water, when he tried to take a drink, it siphoned away. Or perhaps a more accurate image is Milton's devils, who when they ate the fruit, it turned to ashes. That is what happens to Biden's words as he reaches for that which he does not appear to feel. Notice the emotional hyperbole. Like having a piece of your soul ripped away, a hollowness in your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it and never going to be able to get out. It is suffocating, and it is a feeling shared by the siblings and the grandparents and their family members and the community that's left behind, crushed in spirit. If a parent of one of the victims had said that, it would break anyone's heart. But Mr. Biden isn't a parent of one of the victims. He actually made the tragedy about him. It is as if Mr. Biden wants us to feel sorry for him, when he should be giving comfort to the true victims. He cannot speak for the parents. He has no authority to tell them how they should feel. The language is false. It is a cracked bell, a hollow echo. In Shakespeare's The Tempest, Gonzalo's words to the insensitive Sebastian, spoken to a king who thinks his son is just drowned, applies here. You rub the sore when you should bring the plaster. Number three. Number three should not surprise you. Of the 845 words where only 11 words showed any compassion, 513 or two-thirds were used in a political tirade supporting the agenda of the left to ban guns. Let me give you Mr. Biden's own words. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When in God's name will we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? It's been 3,444 days, 10 years since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another gunman massacred 26 people, including 21st graders, at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents of gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman, Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Santa Fe High School in Texas, Oxford High School in Michigan, the list goes on and on. Let me interrupt Mr. Biden here by pointing out the obvious. Relating to the motto, never let a good crisis go to waste, Mr. Biden takes advantage of the moment not only to use the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, but to review all of the incidents involving gun violence in school in America. He entirely removes the attention away from the people of Uvalde. They are merely a statistic. The president turns his back on them while he preaches from his own self-appointed pulpit. I continue with the quote, and the list grows when it includes mass shootings at places like movie theaters, houses of worship, and as we just saw ten days ago at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act, and don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. Again, Mr. Biden turns his attention toward himself. Following his outcry, I am sick and tired of it, he reviews his career. I continued with his talk. I spent my career as a senator and as vice president working to pass common sense gun laws. I can't and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have a positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The number one victim is Mr. Joe Biden, not the people of Uvalde, Texas. He moves further away from the tragedy and becomes consumed by his agenda. I continue his talk. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. What, in God's name, do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with caliber vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. What is sick, of course, is Mr. Biden's misplaced humor. But he continues. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marketing assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common sense laws, common sense gun laws, unquote. Keep in mind that Mr. Biden is supposed to be talking to a grieving community and to a horrified America. But Mr. Biden cannot get far off his favorite topic himself, he continues. I just got off my trip from Asia, meeting with Asian leaders, and I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. And what struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency that they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action. Mr. Biden wants to turn this pain into action and it's not even 24 hours old. Where's his heart? It is certainly not with the people of Uvalde, Texas. I continue. For every parent, for every citizen in this country, we have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it is time to act. It is time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common sense gun laws. We need to let you know that we will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more, Unquote. You did notice that almost all of the swearing occurred while he was on his soapbox of gun control. There was no reverence for God then because he was too wrapped up in his cause to consider anything else. He was on stage spouting propaganda. There's no hint that he cared for the people of in Texas, including the children, the friends, and the neighbors. Three quarters of the speech was directly related to gun control. The other quarter was directed to a similar outburst of crafted words aimed toward the same intent, cloyed with superficial emotion. The conclusion is also crafted. He remembers to return to the victims, but he can't quite get his agenda out of his mind. Let's turn our attention to his closing remarks. Our prayer tonight is for those parents, Had he stopped there, it would have been acceptable. But he couldn't stop there, could he? He had to get another hit for his agenda, as well as to move to his favorite pronoun, I. So he continued, lying in bed and trying to figure out, will I be able to sleep again? What do I say to my other children? What happens tomorrow? Following that concluding remark, he adds what could be an honest and sensitive prayer if he had stopped with it. May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. If only the 46th president of the United States had started there and ended there, the nation would have loved him for it. But he couldn't. He is a political robot and must shout political slogans Again, bringing in God, whose name he has just used in vain multiple times, he said, and may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit, because they are going to need a lot of help in a lot of our prayers. Crushed in spirit is a phrase he is not qualified to say, having not been involved in the tragedy, but he is on stage. However, he ends with a phrase which, if alone with the other words, would have been kind, sensitive, and sufficient. Since, as a political machine, he couldn't restrain himself. I will say it for him, cutting out the shameful rest. May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. God love you. That would have been sufficient. That would have been elegant. That would have been decent. That would have been kind. That would have been dignified. That would have been presidential, as the liberals like to say when speaking of their own. Shame on all politicians who exploit tragedy for personal gain. Somehow it seems worse coming from the elected president, who, in his inaugural address, promised, I will be a president for all Americans, but a person who is an extension of a political machine is pre-programmed and can only spout propaganda. Of the 845 words spoken in what should have been a speech of compassion, not one word, not one, was spoken directly to the families of the victims. He used first person to bring attention to himself. He used the nebulous third person, they, when speaking of the nameless families. And even when he used the second person, you, he was addressing his political agenda to Congress and to America, not to the victims and not to their families. It was a political speech to pass gun control, a platform, nothing more, once again proving that the liberal left will never let a good crisis go to waste. And measuring only the speech, that is exactly what the tragedy of Uvalda, Texas appeared to be, a good crisis. Just when you think politics cannot get lower, it can. When it is agenda-driven, it is time, way overdue, to put the people back into the political equation. It is time for their opinions and feelings to matter once again. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com